So when the conference realignment talk is out of line and just getting kind of crazy, you know I'll tell you guys, right? You know I'll shoot you straight. I mean, that's what we do here at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. It is great to be here with you as always. So uh, this thing got a little wild. All right, This thing got a little wild here in recent days when uh, reports started to surface all over the map about what? About who? About a team that makes absolutely no sense of having any interest in coming to the Big 12. And I love the fact that this is even being talked about. I love the fact that this is even being reported and put out there as a, a potential rumor. But I, I don't know. I just have a really hard time believing it for a multitude of reasons. All right. So the report came from Charles Walter Pioneer Press uh, out of Minnesota. And the report read as follows. The Big 12 is said to be quietly seeking the Minnesota Gophers. But Minnesota can't afford the revenue loss of a new Big Ten network deal, which, with the expansion of USC and UCLA in two years, could be worth nearly $100 million a year. Now, I love the idea of a Big 12 team going after a Big Ten team. I mean, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Do I think it has any chance at all of happening right now? No, I don't. No, no, I, I just don't think that there's any shot that a Big Ten team, even Minnesota, that's been, you know, in the doldrums, the basement of the Big Ten in most sports, or at least, you know, the revenue sports like football and uh, basketball for a long time, that they would ever lose out on $100 million per year to potentially be competitive in the Big 12 Conference. It would be a massive coup. If Brett Yormark got a team out of the Big Ten, uh, I mean, unless he's talking about Rutgers, but I mean, really, if Brett Yormark, the new Big 12 commissioner, got any team out of the Big Ten, it would be one of the all-time great upsets in college realignment history. That's how big of a deal that would be because the Big Ten's looking at, you know, give or take half the money of uh, the, the Big 12's looking at about half the money of the Big 10 when all is said and done on the new TV contracts. The estimates for the Big 12 has been about $50 million per team per year when the new, to- when the new contract comes on down. And uh, for the Big 10, estimates are nearly $100 million per team per year. So I don't know how you make that a viable move for Minnesota. I'd love to see the Big 12 try to pull it off, and I don't know how they would, but I'd love to see it happen. And you say to Minnesota, hey, you know, you come out of the Big Ten, you get a recruiting pipeline down to Texas, uh, you know, maybe a little more competition for you. I don't know what exactly that means and if that's anywhere close to being a good enough pitch, but it would make no sense whatsoever. No sense for Minnesota, even if it were to make them more competitive, to give up that kind of money, especially when you factor in the history here. Minnesota is a founding member of the Big Ten. Back in 1896. So they're back there with Michigan and Wisconsin in 1896. Ohio State's 1912. That's something the newer schools like Maryland, Nebraska, Rutgers can't say. So why would Minnesota jump off that Big Ten gravy train to become the newest member of the Big 12? I I just can't see it. Maybe a better opportunity at in-conference athletic success, but even that's not a given. It's not a guarantee that Minnesota goes from, you know, um, mediocre Big Ten football program to top of the Big 12. Like, I don't think Minnesota's winning the Big 12 if they come in to the conference next year or this year. 
I don't think you drop the Minnesota Gophers in the Big 12 and they're dominating the league. I don't even think they're in a Big 12 championship game or close to it this year. I think they're, you know, a middle-of-the-pack Big 12 team just like they are a middle-of-the-pack Big 10 team right now. Unless you could justify the idea that somehow, some way, they can get themselves into more Texas recruits by being in the Big 12, and then, you know, that increases their chances of getting bigger prospects and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not buying it. I don't see it. I, don't, I, I just, I don't. Um, and I think you look at right now what they've got going on there. P.J. Flex, the head coach, that guy knows the upper Midwest. I mean, that's his bread and butter. You look what he did at Western Michigan, the success he had there. He's now been at Minnesota for several seasons. And, uh, you know, it's been up and down. All right, 2019 was a great year for him. Won the Outback Bowl, finished 11 and two. Uh, last year was 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 all right actually. When you go back and look at things for Minnesota, they finished second in the Big Ten West. Now, second in the Big Ten West is like sixth in the Big Ten East, but still, I, you know they've they've got things in a pretty decent position, especially by Minnesota football standards. But I'm not seeing that one being something that ever, ever, ever is realistically going to take place. Now, with all that being said, something else that uh, should be noted here on conference realignment, Pac-12 Commissioner George Klievkoff. Here's what he believes, all right? There's been a new report here, uh, came down earlier this week. The Pac-12 Commissioner believes that he has an advantage over the Big 12 in terms of conference realignment and TV deals. And here's what he believes. This came from Jason Shear. Jason is with uh, Wildcat Authority covering the Arizona Wildcats. He believes that when it comes to realignment, the fact that the Big 12 cannot show hard numbers for another year or so in terms of uh, you know contracts and negotiations, that for the Big 12 it's all projections, whereas right now the Pac-12 is negotiating. So Klievkov believes he has... The advantage he has in realignment is that the Big 12 can't show hard numbers for another year. It's all projections for the Big 12. While as he's going to say, and what he is apparently saying, is that, hey, you know, if you're a TV network X, Y, or Z, you want to wait for the Big 12. Well, you don't even have the numbers yet. You don't have the hard data. All you've got are these projections. We've got the hard data. You can trust our numbers. Yeah, but here's the thing for George Klievkoff and the Pac-12. Your numbers are based on what? Your numbers are, are, are at least in part based on having USC and UCLA in the league. Right? I, so it's just, it's completely ridiculous to come to that conclusion. It's completely ridiculous to make the case that, yeah, well, we've got hard numbers. Yeah, with, you know, your two staple uh, programs out of, the Los Angeles area. So, like, what's that worth, you know? So, I don't think that's as big of an advantage as George Klievkov wants it to be or believes it to be, you know? I'm just not seeing that. So, it's one of those things where he's got to be able to, and I get he's got to spin his situation as best as he can, and I understand why he wants to do that. Uh, he's a desperate man right now leading a desperate operation. That's the reality for George Klievkov. But, man, to sit here and be like, yeah, yeah, we got the hard numbers. Okay. All right, George. And, you know, you could lose two more teams tomorrow to the Big 12, teams that want to get into the Big 12, that want to leave you. 
So what is that really worth and how valuable is that actually based on what I'm hearing right now? That's very, very much debatable for, uh, for him. So, I, you know, there's so many moving parts right now, and I'm thinking a lot of this will calm down with the season rapidly approaching. We're now in August. Uh, the season's a month away. I can't believe it. I'm so excited. I know you are as well. But uh, <laughs> never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. And on top of that, on the realignment front, Lincoln Riley admitted at Pac-12 Media Day last week that uh, he knew this was possible. He knew it was possible that USC was going to be leaving in the not-too-near future. So here's Lincoln Riley, head coach at Oklahoma, when Oklahoma blindsides the Big 12 and leaves for the SEC. And here's Lincoln Riley at USC, blindsides the Pac-12, and goes to the Big 10. Doesn't that tell you in many ways all you need to know? Doesn't that tell you, uh, I mean, (laughs) maybe it's just a crazy coincidence. Maybe you just tell yourself that this is just one big coincidence, all right? Nothing to it. But just the idea that Lincoln Riley happens to be, happens, just, just, you know, with the team, that bolts the conference, and then less than a year later, he's with another team that bolts the conference. So make of that what you will. I'm just here to share the news with you. And uh, that also came on the heels of another report from the LA Times that USC is the one who put the damper on the uh, Pac-12 expanding with Big 12 teams last year when it looked like the Big 12 might be the conference on the verge of collapse. And it was the USC president, Carol Folt, who apparently shut down expansion talks, saying basically, why would we expand? Why would we do this? That was Carol Folt, per the LA Times, in a piece that um, was reported over the weekend. Wow. No one, George Klyovkov, Pac-12 commissioner, he should be mad. If there's someone for him to be mad at, it should be USC, UCLA, and the Big Ten, which he had that dopey alliance with that meant absolutely nothing and was as worthless as the napkin it was written on. Not the Big 12. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you as we are each and every week. Uh, as we roll through the show, you know, I was looking at this here uh, over the last few days. Um, some big news that you've got to give the Baylor Bears an enormous amount of credit for. What Dave Aranda continues to build with that program and where this program is c- compared to where it was at the end of the Art Briles era, you know, just a few years later. Matt Rule deserves a lot of credit, um, but Dave Aranda, I believe, has kind of taken this thing to the next level. Austin Novosad. Uh, four-star quarterback, top 10 quarterback in the class of 2023, reaffirmed his commitment to Baylor earlier this week. Now, this is a guy who was committed to Baylor as of late 2021. But then, you know, his stock went up and more schools started calling. And he took visits to Ohio State, to Notre Dame, to Texas A&M. And then he returned to Waco this past weekend after visits to those three monster powerhouses, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M. And what did the nation's number eight quarterback and top 100 prospect overall decide to do? The Dripping Springs, Texas native, who threw for 40 touchdowns as a junior last year, decided, I'm going to Baylor. I'm staying at Baylor. I'm staying in my commitment to the Baylor Bears. 
Now, anything can happen. But he tweeted out on Monday night, 100% locked in. Let's go, Waco. That was Austin Novosad. Think about that just a few years ago. Heck, just a couple of years ago. That in this name, image, likeness world, in this crazy landscape of college athletics, Austin Novosad, four-star quarterback prospect, top 10 guy in the country, went to Ohio State, to Notre Dame, and the Texas A&M. And he said, "Uh, you know what? I'm going to stick with uh, Baylor. I'm going to stick with my um, recruitment and my commitment to the Baylor Bears. You would have thought that was crazy just a few years ago. Heck, just a couple of years ago when Dave Randa was going, what, 2-7 and seven in his first season. And here he is with this program, and, you know, we don't know what the NIL deal is, if, if anything. Here he is now with this program getting this thing to the point where uh, he's able to go out there and basically lock in top 100 quarterback prospects who have also taken visits to Ohio State and Notre Dame and A&M. Don't tell me that the Big 12 is going to be, you know, completely irrelevant when Oklahoma and Texas leave. Fine, they won't be the SEC. Fine, they won't be the Big 10 with USC and UCLA. But if you don't think the Big 12 is going to be a hell of a football conference and basketball, and I think in many other sports as well, if you don't believe that this conference is going to be an incredible, incredible uh, athletic conference, then you're not paying attention to what is actually happening. You're not paying attention to what is actually going on because this league is in an outstanding place. And I know it's just one prospect with one team, but what are we told all the time? Oh, where are the big 12 blue bloods? Oh, you know, these little schools. Oh, you know, Baylor's private. Okay. It's not Texas. I'm not pretending that it is. But when you look at where this league is going to be and you look at what is to come for the big 12 with Cincinnati with Houston, right? Both teams will be in, I believe, many preseason top 25s. With UCF, uh, possibly, you know, being that sleeping giant. Look at BYU, a national brand joining the Big 12. You can't convince me for a second this league is not going to be highly competitive. Uh, You know, we wrote a great piece over the weekend, Derek Duke wrote it, about UCF and how they just got their fourth four-star prospect for the 2023 class. Fourth four-star commitment for next year. They got this guy, uh, Braden Marshall, uh, Lake Mary cornerback, Lake Mary, Florida cornerback, and he picked UCF over U- over Nebraska, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Wisconsin. A couple of Big Ten teams, a couple of ACC teams. One team won the ACC last year. Nebraska is supposedly a blue blood. Wisconsin's won the Big 12 West. He said, no, I'm going to play in the Big 12. That's what he decided. This is the first time in program history UCF has had more than two high school consensus blue chips. And the first time since 2010 they've landed multiple four-star players. This 2023 UCF class has as many four-star players committed as it's landed from 2011 and 2021. That's unbelievable. So you just can't convince me. And you might be saying, Pete, I, I, I'm right now, I'm an Iowa State fan. I'm a K-State fan. I'm an Oklahoma State. Why, do, why are you talking UCF football? Because I'm discussing how and why this conference is going to be in so much better shape 
than the dopey national media talking heads lead you to believe. That's why this matters. And you should want UCF and Houston and BYU and Cincinnati to walk into this conference and be highly competitive day one. And I believe they will be. And look at the coaches, right? I mean, uh, Gus Malzahn, success at Auburn. I understand, you know, like many coaches at Auburn, you can never live up to expectations. I mean, it seems impossible to do, especially in the Nick Saban era, for that to happen at Auburn. But can we not forget this guy has, you know, finished in first place in the SEC West as recently as five years ago, one of the hardest things to do in college football in the Nick Saban era. Gus Malzahn has accomplished that, right? Do we need to talk about what uh, Luke Fickle has done at Cincinnati, one of the hottest young coaches in all of America who keeps his commitment to Cincinnati, who is home, who is uh, getting to college football playoffs, With Cincinnati as a group of five program, you don't think that'll improve dramatically being in the Big 12? It will. Dana Holgerson, you know, has success at West Virginia. All right, a little goofy, can be a bit of a goober, no doubt about it. But, you know, he's still a guy who has had major college football success. No doubt about that. All right? And then you look at uh, BYU and what continues to be an impressive, especially the last couple of years, for the BYU Cougars going a combined 21-4. and four. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise that this league is not going to be in really good shape. It will be the clear third best conference in America, um, top to bottom, after the Big Ten and after the SEC. It will be better and deeper than the ACC. Fine, they'll have Clemson, but outside of that, the Big 12 will be hands down a better league. Pac-10, Pac whatever you want to call them, forget it. Uh, Not even close. This is going to be a situation where the Big 12 is going to be the clear number three in football. And in basketball, there is still a very good chance to be top two. Very good chance. When you look at Baylor, when you look at Kansas, when you look at, you know, where things are trending with other programs, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, it's, it's going to be right there. There's no doubt in my mind. It's, they are all going to be right in the thick of the conversation. And I believe that to be so important as we tell the story properly about where we're headed in college athletics because the narrative can absolutely, absolutely get out of hand in a quick way unless there's pushback from shows like this. And that's why, you know, I'm so grateful for you for sharing this show with friends, with family, for, you know, if you're on the podcast, leaving those ratings and reviews and subscribing They make a difference. We're making a difference. I'm not acting like we're curing cancer here. We're not. I've never insinuated that to be the case. But we have had so much success through the website and through this show pushing back on the narrative, and it's because you guys have made that happen, not because we have some big media company behind us. I started this thing off with a laptop and me. That's it. And now we're reaching millions of Big 12 fans every month and college football fans every month. And we're able to capitalize on this because of you. So thank you for that. And I will take this moment out to remind you uh, to please leave a rating and a review and subscribe to the podcast. All right. And I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie when you do that. Leave a rating and a review. Subscribe. Uh, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And I will get you hooked up with that koozie. Thank you so much, guys, as always, for being a part of the show. 
Uh, we're going to have Phil Steele on this week. Of course, the magazine is out. So be sure you are subscribed so that way you don't miss our Phil Steele conversation here on heartlandcollegesports.com. And go subscribe to our YouTube page as well. We've got more content coming up on that side of things, so be sure to check it out. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.